Lord, you have taught us that without love, whatever we do is worth nothing. Send your Holy Spirit and pour into our hearts your greatest gift, which is love, the true bond of peace and of all virtue, without which whoever lives is accounted dead before you. Grant this for the sake of your only Son, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In order to learn how to dance ballet, she said, the first thing you have to learn is how to fall. You can't do a pirouette without knowing how to fall. The speaker was a woman who was being interviewed on a podcast I was listening to, and she was talking about her early life, taking ballet lessons as a child. And she said it was one of her favorite memories from growing up, learning ballet, that it taught her so much about life in general, and that she's always carried that lesson with her, that the first lesson, you have to learn how to fall. Because you can really hurt yourself if you don't know that you're going to fall. It's not matter of if, but when. It turns out that falling down goes hand in hand with loving other people. We are all going to mess up when it comes to our relationships. And we attend to this a lot spiritually. We pray about this a lot in our liturgy. Anytime we baptize someone, we say in our baptismal covenant, will you persevere in resisting evil and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? Not if you're going to fall into sin, but when. Also in the marriage liturgy, when two people have just finished saying their vows to each other, then the congregation turns and we say a whole series of prayers for them. And one of them is, give these two people grace when they hurt each other to recognize and acknowledge their fault and seek each other's forgiveness and God's. Not if they hurt each other, but when they hurt each other. You're going to fall down at some point. Relationships are humbling by nature. Can any of us count how many times we've had to say we're sorry to someone that we love? How many times you've had to say you're sorry to your child or your spouse, your parents or a friend? We fall down all the time. And sometimes we do the falling, sometimes we do the pushing. And today, in Genesis, we have a story about falling. It's also a story about love, but it is a story about falling. And in order to talk about it today, I want to reflect on one of the recent holidays that teaches us from a very early age about love. And I made something to show you. Does anyone remember making one of these to show the choir. Remember making one of these? You would decorate it, you put your name at the top, cover it with hearts, 
and tape it to the end of your desk like this. And then you'd sit there and wait. <sighs> Does this bring up any feelings for anybody? <laughs> a little bit of awkwardness, maybe a little anxiety. Um, maybe it brings up a bad experience of Valentine's Day. It's a very vulnerable thing to, to do that, to put out uh, a bag hoping that folks will come by and bring you valentines. But it's also kind of odd because we're asking people to show us love in a very quantitative way. And often, to be fair, a very cheap way. It was like cheap, chalky candy hearts and little tiny cardboard squares that had cartoons on them as valentines. I think this practice can set us up to fall. And here's how. Valentine's Day raises us to believe that worthwhile love is transactional. It sets us up to believe that love is simply a process of reciprocity. And that whenever we give away love, we are definitely guaranteed to get some back. And you can come away thinking that love is this like nice, neat relationship with back and forth, and it's only with the people that we choose who will consistently love us back. We don't spend much time exploring a concept of love that is bigger than that back and forth. And we certainly don't think of Valentine's Day as the day that we extend love to, I don't know, strangers or our enemies or people that are close to us that we're not reconciled with, people that are difficult, people that push us away or reject us. Our culture gives us some very set parameters for love. And today's scripture lessons and that collect that's in your bulletin in the first page, those words blow all of our parameters of love out of the water. Jesus says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Give and lend expecting nothing in return. This feels extreme. <laughs> and I think it feels extreme because we would rather experience love as something pleasant that we offer to the people that we choose. We would rather just stick to loving the people who love us back. Because that's way easier, right? Uh, we get to be loved in return, and who doesn't want to be loved in return? It's just that it doesn't always happen that way. And we get disappointed. People fail us all the time. People just make us sad and disappoint us, and um, we're not prepared for that. And so it's kind of like suddenly losing your balance and falling. And falling down when it comes to love surprises us because we have never been trained how to fall. Today's story from Genesis is a prime example of loving and not being loved back. We are hearing the end of a story uh, that's quite long about a family that has been in pain. And if you are reading the Bible in the Bible challenge that we're doing in the parish this year, read the whole Bible in 365 days, it's my shameless plug, um, come join us. We are thick in the weeds. Uh, we just finished Genesis. And a lot of people have been coming forward at the Bible study and just saying, yeah, this is just kind of messy and I don't understand a lot of this. The, the, these stories seem so harsh. 
Why are they in the Bible? And it's true. The story of Joseph and his brothers is a horrible story about love. It is a horrible example of a family and the destructive ways that they can relate to each other and the devastating consequences of what happens when we engage with violence and neglect. If you don't know the story, let me give you just a little nutshell. Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery because they don't like him. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, they're just jealous that Joseph is their father's favorite and they don't like that, so they throw him into a pit and sell him into slavery. It is the worst example of a family that I can think of. So what on earth does this have to do with love? Joseph loves his family. And he falls. Or more accurately, he's pushed. He is pushed and he falls to the bottom of a pit that his brothers have dug for him. And for some reason, for, and for a reason none other than it's just simply who Joseph is, this is the way that God made him, he knows how to fall. He endures the worst abuse of, um, that I can think of from the people who were closest to him, and he doesn't let the fall break him. He doesn't let the fall break his ability to forgive and to love his family again. And after he finds a way home, and it takes him a long time, it takes him years of rebuilding and coming to a place of feeling ready for this, he goes home again. And he finds his brothers, and he shows up, and he tells them it's all going to be okay. And back home, it's been a mess. There's been a famine in the land, and they're worried they're going to just starve to death, and they don't have enough. And Joseph says he's going to take care of them. God's going to be right there with them, and it's all going to be okay. And even through all of the shame that these brothers are experiencing, this broken family embraces each other and weeps and reconciles. Now, is this an extreme example of forgiveness? You betcha. Should this family spend some significant time in group family therapy? Absolutely. <laughs> Can all of us do what Joseph did? I don't know. But what I do know is that it is an incredible thing that he did to reconcile with his brothers. And this extreme example of falling and getting back up again is a way for us to get our heads around the work that God wants us to do when it comes to love. Jesus says to us, if you just love those who love you, what credit is that to you? And he's talking about showing love even when you don't get anything out of it, even when it seems impossible, even when it seems like the hardest thing that you will ever have to do. Joseph shows us what it means to love. And he's not sitting there waiting for his brothers to come by and fill up his bag with valentines. He understands that love is not about being a recipient. Joseph did this extraordinary thing of loving and expecting nothing in return. 
I read an article recently about parenting. And in this article, it's like practical advice about what to do when your toddler is having a meltdown um, in public. And in the middle of all of this other practical advice, the writer said something so profound. He said that when it comes to loving a child, it's risky because you never know what they're going to do, especially at like 5.30 in the middle of food line. And he writes, grace always operates out of risk. Love never guarantees a return on an investment. It often generates a loving response, but not automatically, especially when it comes to a kid. Rather than a means to an end, love is an end in itself. Love never guarantees a return on an investment. We prayed this morning and we recognized that without love, whatever we do is worth nothing. And we can do some extraordinary things when it comes to love because just as much as we fall and we push each other down, we all get back up again. And I see this happen a lot in this community. I get to see that as, as your pastor, knowing your stories, knowing your lives, I see you do that all the time. Whether you are parenting a strong-willed child, or you are caring for a partner who has cancer, or you are walking with a friend through addiction, it's incredible. In the name of love, we will all grit our teeth and get back up again. And this is true whether you are married or single, whether you have children or grandchildren or friends or parents, we all have someone in our life that we love so much, you just lose yourself. Love makes us unselfish. So what if we were able to put that same energy into loving our neighbors? loving people like strangers or even our enemies the way that Jesus teaches us to? What if we weren't scared of falling if we were offering love in the name of Jesus? Love like that is world transforming. It makes us do extraordinary things like forgive people who don't deserve it. It makes us give things away. We give away our possessions, our money, our time to other people, to institutions, to causes in the interest of the well-being of other people. And we can even offer the truest parts of our hearts, our, our deepest desires, our greatest hopes for the world in the name of other people. True love is selfless. It makes us put ourselves totally aside. So my friends, in the name of love, learn how to fall. And the lesson is not learn how to fall because that's just what people do. They're going to push you down. They're going to do things that end the relationship for you. No, the, the, the lesson is learn how to fall because this is in the nature of love that you're going to fall sometimes. Learn how to forgive and be ready to forgive. Learn that falling is not failure when it comes to love. 
the life of sacrifice to which Jesus calls us, this is how we are to live as his followers. Not because it's just this like nice idea to love your enemies or because it's the sweet thing to do to love those who hurt you. Jesus teaches us this, not expecting a return on an investment. Grace always operates out of the risk of falling. Jesus calls us to this because this is the same life that he lived. Jesus loved and forgave people no matter how many times he fell. May we go and do likewise. Amen.